I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. San Diego, Southern California, sound off. Today is Monday, January the 21st. I'm Lise Hamilton, and this is the 5.5 Podcast. Here's what's going on in the world of Padres. Here's what Lise Hamilton thinks. Brought to you by Golf Mart. Who's listening? Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside counties. Downtown, down to the border. From San Ysidro to San Bernardino, I want to talk pods with you. Pacific Beach. Ocean Beach, Imperial Beach, (laughs) help me fix this starting rotation. My beach bum line is open for business. Hey, put down your pipes and give me a call. In a jam-packed hot stove off-season, this, fresh off the high-speed sports wire, Padres addressing a gaping hole at third base are currently reviewing medicals for Reds' top prospect Nick Senzel. Hey, Santee, I want to hear what you think about Corey Kluber. My redneck line is open for business. (laughs) Padres in talks to acquire the Indians' ace, Cleveland is rumored to want a four-for-one deal, including Hunter Renfro, Austin Hedges, Logan Allen, and Michael Baez. (laughs) The Padres and Yankees are also in talks for a trade that would send third baseman Miguel Andujar to San Diego for Hunter Renfro and minor league pitching. In the comeback pitcher of the year department, the Blue Jays and Padres have discussed a deal that would send struggling pitcher Marcus Stroman to San Diego for... (coughs) Logan, excuse me, (coughs) Logan Allen. (laughs) Lastly, trade talks have stalled with the Mets over a possible Noah Syndergaard trade when the Mets reportedly wanted young right-handed pitching prospect Chris Paddock or Logan Allen plus Hunter Renfro and Austin Hedges. (laughs) That's it. That's what's going on in the world of pods. That's what Lies Hamilton thinks. Brought to you by Golf Mart, serving golfers in San Diego for over 30 years. (laughs) Well, welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 podcast. That was amazing, by the way. That was one take. Oh, man. That, that was, was one take, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> now, Eric sent me the primer for that earlier, because that's how we planned on opening the show. And I told you I lost it when I was reading the text that said, Lies Hamilton. Dude, like this offseason. <laughs> how much shit has Hacksaw thrown out there God this offseason? Like, I literally, those are all from his tweets. Yeah. No, like, that's everything was is what he's been tweeting as of late. I want to counter for how many times Hacksaw has traded Logan Allen and Adrian Morhone. <laughs> as well as Renfro, season. Hedges, and Margot. Good lord. God, is he, does he have something against these players that they like uh, stub him or uh, do they snub him in the clubhouse or something? Dude, him and JP Morosi, John Morosi, good lord. Oh man. Oh, it's man. just, it's been an exhausting offseason. The it, best man. is uh, Dennis Lynn, the hero we deserve, but not the one we apparently uh, need right now. Yeah. Dunking on Hacksaw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By, you know, medical, because he's right, medical reviews are usually the last part. Sonny Gray just got traded to the Reds. He took his medical this morning. <laughs> yeah. And now he was flying back home with a new three year <laughs> extension on top of this year. Well, so if the Potters are reviewing medicals for Nick Senzel, then that I'm means the trade's probably done. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Lynn goes, nope, no medicals. That's usually when the trade is done there's no trade pending i can't believe that man so so kind of behind the scenes here um i had texted you about a week week and a half to two weeks ago and i said hey let's let's do a podcast on yeah. on tuesday and we're all planning on doing it. and actually that day or actually that night towards the end of my shift at work i got a text from drunk flannery he said hey man uh, i need to grab a beer and you know can can you meet up tonight and you know what when a friend needs a friend I'm always there from 100%. So our thoughts and prayers go out to Drunk Flannery during his brave battle with Chlamydia. <laughs> so there's been... Oh, by the way, did his new Rams jersey get in the mail yet? Is going to make it in time for the Super Bowl, or are you still waiting? <laughs> still waiting on that. Oh, DHgate is doing their thing. That's why you got to order it during the season when you're getting it shipped from Korea. So actually, luckily enough, man, like that... Us not recording actually helped us out quite a bit. So yeah. uh, a lot went on, man. And even on, uh, was it Friday? I had texted him like, hey, let's let's record on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And I'm like, hopefully there's a move that goes on so we'll have more to talk about. But, I mean, if not, we'll, we'll still figure it out. And then this weekend, the Kevin AC yeah. stuff comes the AC out. Drops, Good Lord. AC drops the wettest fucking fart. And, he's, <laughs> and he has dropped some, I mean, he's thrown some cold water on us. You know, yes. the Stroman deals. Uh, the Kluber deal, he flat out said, like, these are not happening. Yeah. So he'd already thrown some cold water. 
uh, on some some moves that had been rumored. But then he just lays a fat, wet fart on uh, the entire fan base, well, most of the fan base, by publishing uh, what is now, I think, going to be known as The Article. (laughs) Basically, it's basically outing uh, the front office as a bunch of... uh, I guess you can call it anti-spending cheapskates. Well, they're taking care of their debt. Oh, God. They're reducing their debt. Now, if you haven't heard it, I highly advise... Storytime with Marver was also released on Saturday. Yeah. He wasted no time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no... It's Marver almost, was all over that. Yeah, I felt. I wonder how many times he read the article or if he just is just reading it for the first time <laughs> and said, I'm going to record it because I'm furious. Oh, no. The big hot... I didn't know he did this, but the big hot topic the, the week of was the Change the Padres documentary that he had released... Years ago, yeah, and this was his this was his moment of triumph. Yeah, this was Marver finally saying, "See, guys, I'm not that dumb. I told you." And he got to come out and do story time with Marver. If you haven't listened to it, head over to Gwintelligence. I have a and- feeling there's going to be a sequel to that. Oh God, I hope so. He hasn't really told me it. anything. It was really good, but really with good. everything that's going on, there's no reason not mm. to have a sequel to that. And everyone knows in the the golden age of Padres podcast, which by the way has been trash lately. <laughs> I mean. What Shout out that? to the Friars on the Farm guys. Those are the those are the guys Donovan and Roy that are doing podcasts left and right. But everyone else is. You guys done. are the Adrian Gonzalez of the 2009 Padres. Yeah. just carrying, just carrying us. us. So thank you. Um, everyone knows if you want an in depth analysis in regards to the numbers and what that means and some like actual like um, intelligent conversation yeah. regarding that some financial uh, savvy. You guys know where to yeah. go. You guys can check them out at HJ Preller at uh, Change the Padres and the Gwintelligence podcast, which Mar- you mentioned. Marver he did his yeah, story time. With um, oh, they're going. They're going to have. I'm sure that they'll get on uh, here very soon. <laughs> so that's that's what you want to go to for that. But kind of. I, I want to talk about the like the overall tone. Like everyone knows how I feel about AC. Like, oh yeah, I think everybody knows, knows how most people feel about AC. There's the not too is, many uh, AC burner accounts defending him. Well, it's like I, I want to go after AC because the article was. I mean, yes, I read the article. It was ridiculous. Like here's my here's my main. I have two things with probably it. the most hits he's ever gotten. Yeah, yeah. Which by the way, oh hey, uh, we put out Charger stuff because that's what gets the most clicks. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> fuck the UT, first of all. Yeah, how's that fight for LA going? So here's here's one of my, my main things with that. I feel, and let me know if I'm wrong, because I, I'm not overly sensitive, but part of me felt like it was, like, insulting. You know yeah. what I mean? They no. didn't give him the full scope of numbers. No, they did which, not. Which, first of all, he was on with Darren Smith earlier today, and... He's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I don't have an MBA in accounting or anything like that. He doesn't even handle the finances in his own home. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sitting there with no with no help whatsoever. It's just Ron Fowler and, uh, um, was it Rhonda Sadio? Rhonda something, yeah. Um, Sadio. Like it was those two and Kevin Acey. And he's like, hey, here's all the numbers. And Kevin's like, oh, derp, derp, derp. Uh, what's this, Ron? You know, it, they didn't give him the full scope. And he's out there pretending like, oh, well, you guys need to read this. It, dude, it drove me nuts. I felt like it was insulting. It, it, it's like they're trying to pull a fast one over us. Yeah, they're trying to but pull the, the wool over our eyes. But the problem is, is that Padres Twitter in particular, and it being 2019, with us having endless amounts of information at our fingertips, we can draw our own conclusions. Yeah. We're smarter than what they give what they give the readers credit for. I felt like it was insulting. No, absolutely. The tone was insulting um, in, a, in a standpoint of... It felt like Craig Cal. If you're not following him, I've already you know uh, I've already advised like go follow Craig Calcaterra on Twitter. Somebody alerted him of the article, which he read, and and he has you know a, a legal background, and you know he he writes for I believe uh, NBC's uh, MLB uh, department. But he basically said like it's a really interesting article, and it is like if if AC hadn't written it the way it was, and it was just strictly an informational article, like hey here's the information they allowed me to look at, so I'm going to share that and just give you some insight. Like it was really interesting. But all it is is just like a three-part fluff piece. It's a glorified excuse. Yeah, that's exactly what it's it is. It's a very long excuse. It's, it's it's a very long excuse of saying we probably could spend, but we're not, and we'd rather take the revenue and pour that into our pocketbooks because that's just better. There's a part in there that I think H.J. <coughs> Preller, um, well, you know that highlighted about the, the, the LLCs. Rates, yeah, you know that that's ransom. Yeah. Oh God. It was a ransom. Yeah. Well, you know, Uncle Ron loves paying down debt almost as much as loves paying uh, loves winning. Yeah. It's such a bad line. But there's a line I believe there's a number of people have highlighted it. I think HJ is one of them. But that you know the the team you know they pay towards different LLCs and other corporations you know as a part of the ownership. 
And that it is, it, I don't know if it's known as fact, but that's probably how they're basically paying down debt, but paying themselves at the same fucking time. Yeah, Craig said that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so they're, they're paying towards different firms and LLCs to basically line their pockets. <laughs> the one thing that AC didn't come out with, and he doesn't, he has a job to do and I get it, and it, it works for him to be kind of like this schmoozy kiss ass who doesn't really push. You know, he doesn't, like Dennis Lynn didn't really say anything like taboo. But he flat out said, like, the Padres can't spend. They should spend. They can't spend. They just choose not to. Yeah. Like, that shouldn't be taboo. You know, Darren Smith, for, for all his credit, even when the 1090 was the flagship radio station of the Padres, he always pushed. He pushes Preller now. He pushed Hoyer. He pushed Preller back when they were on 1090. He's always pushed. Well, that's called that. integrity. Yeah, it's all, Yeah, exactly. It's it's doing your job. And I understand AC has a job to do and maybe his approach AC is... AC was a shill for the Chargers. <laughs> He's a shill for the Padres. I didn't even know who he was. I mean, Everyone yeah. knows what AC is. And I, and the fact that, that he puts that out, it just it just confirms what everyone in a, already In thinks. a tone where it comes off as like, it's, it's trying to gain empathy from fans. Like, I don't care that you make all this money that you're paying, like you're saving $8 million a year. I haven't made $8 million in my lifetime. I don't care. All I know is that... We were promised, and uh, was it uh, Padre Fan Dan? Oh God! That, oh yeah, he's that, been a good one. Yeah, that that gimmick didn't uh, last too long through what was <laughs> an absolutely shitty fan fest. Yeah, by the way, but um, thoughts and prayers to Uncle Ron as he battles his <laughs> knee ailment. Yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> we hope why he get back there. to full health soon. But you know, he made a good point that ownership was so full of themselves when they got here and. They put up that sign of their three fucking promises. Their, yeah, their commitments. Yeah, their commitments, right? Like this is our this is our mission statement. They've only done one, which has been you know active in the community, which they have. You know, they do the the little league stuff and all kinds of other stuff that I don't really pay attention to because I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't care. I mean, great, they do it. Like I don't I don't care. Like you probably are obligated to do it, and let's be honest, it's probably a tax write off for them anyway, so it benefits them to do it. Right. So. But he made a good point. Like, they've been here since 2012, and they haven't fulfilled any of these promises. I told you this off air when we were getting ready to go. Like, if you are a if you are a novice Padre fan, or you're just now starting to follow the team, or you're not from San Diego, and you don't follow the team, and you just stumbled upon this article because maybe you follow Craig, or Fangraphs has kind of jumped on it as well. Um, like, if you didn't know any better, you would not know, based on how he wrote the article, that this team was actually owned by this group prior to 2015. Right. You wouldn't know that. That's And that's my problem with AC is that he doesn't push and he doesn't... He states facts to a point, but he also leaves stuff out. Like, how much revenue are they actually making and how much do they profit? Don't tell me what goes in, what goes out. You know, you're only spending 30% of your, in, your revenue or your profit on payroll when you should be around 50%. Yeah. The only team gets a pass are teams like the Yankees, who are the number one revenue team in the league. So 30% of their fucking revenue on payroll is a lot of money. For the Padres, it's clear. It's like $80 million. Right. You know, and if you Rand Platty did a really good job of trying to of trying to guesstimate what roughly their their revenue is and how much so it should be around 150 is where they right. should so be. So their revenue falls anywhere between from what Rand Platty was saying. Uh two was it 268 to 300 Something like million. 250 to 300 which if I think they spend up to 50% of their revenue on their on-field payroll, which is what most teams do with like you said with the exception of a, a few teams for different reasons. They should be anywhere between 130 to 150 million. And therein lies the that problem. That should be that the floor. It should be, but we don't know what the revenue is because AC didn't bother to ask. He basically, it was kind of like, well, he he said that they're from what he was told is they are spending roughly 30 to 32 percent of their revenue on on-field payroll. So if you look at the last few years, what's it been? 80, 90 million? Okay, roughly. there you go. There's yeah. your math right there. And then 100 million the one year. And, but, but I mean, again, it comes down to like how AC worded. Like if he had just presented like, here's this informational article. There's no excuses. There's no justifying. It's just like. Except it was all excuses. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. Instead of just saying, here's how they've been spending their money and just leaving it at that. It was, here's why they're waiting. And here's why they've done this. And, and if you listen to his interview with Darren Smith, which Darren just grilled him. I've he, never heard someone talk for so long without it, saying anything. He didn't say like much. Bill Belichick <laughs> thinks that that's impressive. AJ Preller was impressed. <laughs> and as, as as our good friend Six One Nine Sports says, Preller basically talks into his shoes. Basically, yeah, he doesn't say he is. We went from Jet Hoyer, who was Mister Charisma, to paint drawing AJ Preller. I love how I love how AC is all like surprised that people are pissed off about it. What would you like, expect? What's the? I, I don't get it. So. Uh, Enough about AC. Like, everyone knows how I feel about him. Everyone knows, obviously, how, how you Everybody and I both feels. feel yeah. about him. Yeah. It's it's known. It's a well-known fact. It's, it's the ownership. So. What I want to know, what's the point? 
What's the point? Let's look at this from the Padres' perspective. Why would you put something out like that? Here's my theory. I think they do view AC as their... That's their liaison to us. Like, okay, right. we're going to filter it through AC. He'll fluff it up for us. And then that'll kind of give us a break for, you know, the people that still read the dying medium of the, you know, uh, the UT. So I think the idea was if we can craft this... Because what they're doing is true. Like, they're not lying to us. They're just not giving us the whole picture. But what they are Which telling us... Which is essentially us, lying. Yeah. It's, you're it's om- not, yeah. lying by omission. But... What they're telling us is is factual and to some degree of we're taking our revenue, we're taking 30% of the revenue we get, and we're applying it to the payroll. We're taking the other revenue, we're applying it to Petco Park, which is your fucking obligation, as Margaret already pointed out, that was part of the obligation of getting the taxpayers to pay for it, was that you were going to keep it updated as an A-plus stadium. So don't fucking cry. That's, that's your job. That's why you got that thing paid for in the first fucking place. But also that they're applying it to like paying down debt and these other things. They had to do a cash call. They took the MLB BAMTech money, which I was harping on all year last year about how they're going to get that and they should apply it. And they just took it and paid down debt. But it's like all that stuff is great and informational. But I feel like they wanted to put it out there as an excuse as to why they're not spending this year. Because it wasn't an excuse last year. It wasn't an excuse when they paid, you know, however much money they paid in the international period and got penalized. Morahone by himself cost him $22 million. Wasn't an excuse in 2015. No, it wasn't an excuse in 2016 when they, you know, at the end of the season when they gave Will Myers an extension. That's the part that really pisses me off is that, and I stood up for ownership last year right around this time when they signed Hosmer because I said, like, I don't care for the signing. I thought it was a bad fit, but I liked it. I know you did. But at the time, like, okay, you went out in 2016 and you went out and you spent all this fucking money on these international signings. Plus, you had a really good draft, a sneaky good draft to some point. Then you went out and you gave Myers at the end of your contract extension because you identified him as a guy you wanted to keep around and try to build with. And then you went the next year, and even though I didn't care for it, you signed a free agent. You identified, this is our guy. This is why we want him. It was the idea, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember. It's been a year, but... Did they not say, like, yeah, we wanted to sign this guy because he's in his prime and he'll be in his prime when we start getting these young guys up? Yeah, because I'm, of his age. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's one of the things they tried to sell us on. Yeah. So, and, and I, I, you know, I commended them for that. I'm like, great. If that, even though I don't agree with the idea, like, I can understand the process of it. you got two guys in their mid to late 20s who are both going to be hopefully in their prime at the same time while these other young guys come up and start to find their stride. Okay, great. I don't like the player, but I at least get the idea. And they're spending money. Like, at least they went out, they identified what they wanted. They paid what they had to pay to get that guy. But if, if you're if you're going to release an article, you're later saying like, oh, we're not going to spend unless it's going to put it over the top. What the fuck did you buy Will Myers for? He'd be a free agent right now. You'd be out of that money. You didn't need Eric Hosmer. You could have just let him go rot on the Royals. You'd be in with that money too. I think I think my the thing that is most confusing to me is they're sitting there and they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's the debt. Like, right, like, oh, it's it's the debt. It's this crippling debt. And the You've had the rate. team since 2012. Why didn't you pay it off then when you knew you were going to be terrible? Yeah, but then, and then it comes out and they're like, oh, well, you know, once this is paid down, we're going to be good because we're going to be saving like 8 mil a year. <laughs> okay, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not that great at math, but if that's, that 50% of your yeah, payroll, yeah. that's not 8 million. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like a lot when your franchise is worth twice as what it was when you bought it. Exactly. Right? Like, it, it doesn't, like... They're spending money to to improve the ball club, which shoot things. Yes, they are obligated to do that as part of the proposal yeah, for Prop C. And also, on top of that, like, are we going to pretend like them upgrading the ballpark is not valuing the asset that they have for when they sell the team? They could basically sell it now and assuming, you know, everything else, they're getting twice as much as what they had to pay to get into it. Exactly. And what they're doing is what got Morad mixed from ownership anyway. So, <laughs> owner the ownerships meet up to approve the sale to a new owner. So it's like the old it's like the old guys club, right? The old boys club. That's why you won't see a guy like Mark Cuban come in here because they're not going to allow it, but they basically approve it. Morad did not have the money up front to purchase the team from John Morris. So if and you correct me if I'm wrong, you're welcome to tweet at me if I'm wrong, but I believe the way it went was there was an agreement that Morris mains uh, retains ownership until Morad and his group pay a certain amount of money to buy themselves in. So they're basically buying uh, percentages of ownership off of John Moore's until they hit like 50% or whatever. Until they basically bought the majority of the team from him and then he can cash out and leave and then they take over ownership. They were slashing payroll. I'm pretty sure the first year was 09, but they trade PV. They get rid of that contract in its entirety. They slash payroll and they're making money because they're still doing revenue sharing at the time. I think the Fox deal was starting to come into play, but Morad basically took money from revenue to pay down the amount that he needed 
to get ownership of the team to Moore's. And the owner said, no, you can't afford it. You're not going to take revenue you're making to buy the team. Get lost. And then Fowler took the money they got and bought himself into the uh, Seidler O'Malley group where he's still here. They basically paid himself to get to get ownership. But to me, it's like if you're going to do that, you know how much debt you're coming into. You know there's debt, especially Fowler because he's a part of the first group. You know there's debt that you're buying into. You know that for a fact. You know that you have to maintain the ballpark and keep it A+. plus, Like the scoreboard, all the food eateries and all that. Like you have to maintain the ballpark experience. So you already know all that coming in. You had three full seasons, 2012, 2013, 2014, to take care of all that stuff before going balls in on 2015. And I want to touch on them throwing A.J. Preller under the bus here in a second. But, like, you already knew all that. You went for it once, and then you tore it down, and you're still paying off that shit. What have you been doing the last six or seven years that you've owned this team? What, like, what? What have you been doing this entire time? This debt didn't come out of nowhere. Well, see, ideally, Kevin Acey would ask that question. <laughs> but unfortunately for all of us, we didn't We didn't get that. So here's, I, I kind of ask you the, the why and, and why something, the timing for this does seem well, kind of Well, the timing is not, odd. not particularly uh, coincidental, I don't think. Well, here's what I think. Um, you know, they might come out and say, hey, guys, you know, the... Uh, I know there's a lot of real passionate fans, and thank you for your passion. There's a lot of passionate fans on Padres Twitter. But oh, Mr. Carver. <laughs> we we kind of feel like they're the they're the minority. You know what I mean? Like the fans on Twitter, yeah, they're they're passionate, yeah, they're vocal. We appreciate it, but but they're in the minority. You know, there's a lot of other people, but they keep tabs on Padres Twitter. We We've know been for told a that. fact they have burners. They keep tabs on Padres Twitter. What has Padres Twitter been doing lately? shredding them for not spending money and I, particularly to a league average payroll which is why H.J. Preller's article if you guys haven't checked that out Intelligence, he shredded them dude with facts irrefutable facts so they see that and they're like oh man what are we gonna do oh god we, we gotta we gotta save face somehow damage Kevin, control oh Kevin <laughs> Kevin come here Kev come here so they they bring him in and they gave him this quote look at the books and completely backfired in their face. Yeah. Completely backfired. Absolutely. And I couldn't be more happy about it. I don't know what they expected when you have billionaires crying poor. Yeah. Over $8 million. Yeah. That's basically what they're saying. Like, I get That's it. what I got out of the article. Like, I get it. If the idea was like, okay, we're going to pay down this debt because it gives us longer you know, financial flexibility over a longer period of time. Okay, great. But don't come out and tell me like the this is the reason you guys have been crippling. It's been a, a ransom of, you know, of interest. Like, yeah. I don't care. My, your job is to fulfill promises. Like, you promised you were going to invest in the ball club. You promised you were going to put a championship-caliber team onto the onto the field. They have not done any of that. And my biggest thing, and, and AC kept going, going back to this, oh, 2015 was a bonehead play. 2015 was a bonehead play. You go back to listen to Marver on, his, uh, on Saturday on his solo pod, he makes a good point. The reason it was a bonehead play wasn't because it was a bad idea to try to invest, go all in, spend money, and try to create a contender. It's that you did it in one off season, right? Like that's what happens when you try to win overnight. Because I was excited, of course, for all the moves they were making. But even even at the time, you're thinking like, you know, how long is this really going to last? Because we just knocked out our entire you know farm system depth, which I believe at the time was like a top five system. Like, how long is this really going to last? Which we found out was not long. Like, I think they went 15 and 10, and then called it a day. But <laughs> You know, it's like, like that. it's like I, I understand if the hesitancy to spend money is because you don't want to go all in and then get burned. But that's not what you'd be doing right now. Like you got Hosmer, and if the logic behind Hosmer was, which is what we were sold as, he's a young guy who's going to be in his prime when these other guys start coming up. Then what's your logic for not spending on Manny Machado? You can give Manny Machado fifty million dollars right now, and their on-field payroll will be one hundred and fifty, uh, one hundred and five million dollars. Yeah, it'd be one hundred and thirty-five million with, with the dead. dead money. Yeah, like. You're nowhere near half your half your supposed revenue. Well, the thing with Hosmer, I feel like so they kind of backpedal from what they're saying last year, and then <clears throat> excuse me, and then kind of double down on it. So they're like they're like, oh well, you know, actually we just brought him in for the for the prestige value. We brought him in to be a mentor. You know, we knew he's not be a what good you said last year, and he was going to be a mentor to these young kids. And what young kids? They didn't bring anybody up last year. I mean, they've got some pitchers up, but really, Urias was on the team for a week and a half before he got hurt, and Mejia yeah. was there playing off and on, like. You didn't really like if if the goal was to bring him up, you know, to get a free agent to mess with these young kids. And I said this last year. Last year was not the year to do it. This would be the off season to do it. 
You have two generational talents. I don't care if you sign Harper or Machado. You sign one of them, you can bank, okay, we're going to get them through their prime. We'll give them an opt-out after five years. But we have five years before we have to worry about spending any money on any of these young kids. I and we've, I think I've said this uh, offline to you, but like I identify they've got four prospects, I think, right now that are all going to be up this year that are basically, and I'm not comparing them to the Yankees, but it's like I view them as like their core four. They're four best prospects. Tatis, obviously. Paddock. Urias and Mejia. To me, those are their four best, like their four highest ceiling prospects that they're bringing up. I like Logan Allen and Lucchese and Lauer and Nicks, but those four guys, like I think Paddock could be a, a number one or a light number two, like or a, a light a number two, a light number one, like Tyson Ross was. Like we we know what we can get out of Urias. Like I think Urias at worst case is DJ Lemayhu at worst. Yeah, and, and Lemayhu's actually yeah he's a good everyday player, and I think Urias will hit better. You know, I think Mejia can be. A, I think Mejia could end up Christian Betancourt, but I'm hoping he's not. I'm hoping he's better than that. But I think there's a lot of upside there. And then, of course, you know, Tatis is Tatis. That's the savior, the superstar. Like, right. I look at those guys and think, okay, you already have him. You already know what you're going to get out of Hosmer and Myers. I think Hosmer bounces back. I think they're both solidly above average, if not spectacular players. You throw Machado in the mix, now you have these four great young players, all barely legal to drink, all with a ton of upside. Two above average guys in corner spots that can anchor – and then the one superstar. Yeah. Like, it makes sense if you're going to incrementally add. You extended Myers, great. You signed Hosmer, great. Add one more guy. Add one more guy that, you know, you're trying to sit here and have Preller go through hoops, trying to figure out ways to trade, which I think the only reason he's doing that is because he's handcuffed. He's They're not allowing him to add payroll, so he's got to go through hoops and get creative with trades. Instead of just saying, here's the money. And yeah. then not excusing it for saying, or not excusing yourself for not paying salary because... Well, you know, it's not going to put us over the top, even though the move we put, did last year and the Myers extension the year before didn't put us over the top. Or anywhere near it. Yeah, or anywhere near <laughs> it. And because, you know, we, we just want to let these young guys come up first. You're not going to win 85 to 90 games strictly on your prospects. It's not going to happen. The Astros didn't do that, and neither did the Cubs. Right. They all made moves to supplement the prospects that were coming up. The Cubs arrived early. They signed Lester with the idea of next year's year. And then everything clicked, and then Chris Bryant came up, and then off they went, and they won the World Series the following year. Yeah. So if the idea is you want to try to you want to try to follow these models, then you should be a year ahead. So I was be to me saying, okay, we're going to make a move for this year, but really this is for next year. That's why you signed Myers. That's why or you gave Myers an extension. That's why you signed Hosmer. That's why you should go out and sign Machado or go out and sign Harper, not Mustakis, not go out and trade for Michael Sorry Franco. Yeah. Like it's just. I don't know what the idea was this article of this article was, other than to just piss us off. Like I cannot imagine what the idea was. Okay, let AC in if he had been for real asking to look, take a look, and then we'll let him publish it. Like I would love to know what their marketing team was like, thinking like this is a great idea, Uncle Ron. Like what what was the thought process behind? It? Like what was it going to accomplish? It makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever, dude. Like I I don't understand it. You. You, you can't go out there and, and sign Hosmer with the intention of, oh, he's going to be young, he's going to be great, and then the next offseason have someone that's way better than yeah. him. <laughs> and then bank on the next offseason like, oh, and then just, kid. And then just be like, yeah. like nope, not doing that anymore. It's we're like, completely abandoning it's that. Like, it's like, okay, great, you know we're on our way, we're on our way, we picked up some nice pieces along the way. We're going to stop at this rest stop for an entire month, and then we're going to go finish off you know this great road trip. Uh, on the road to winning, like they're gonna wait till next year. Like they really want to sign like a, you know, AC went out and published a second article, which didn't do anything. All he did was just add oil and flame the flame. Uh, and uh, well, yeah, the he flames. was. Here's my take. He's getting a lot of backlash, and he's like, "Oh man, how do I fix this?" Yeah. And they put out today, <laughs> so he thinks he's dumping water on his fire, but he's just threw gasoline all yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, that's all he did. He threw some Crisco on it, and it just uh, continued to burn and. And bake and fry and it's just like absolutely terrible. Like say, name some of the names. Oh well, you know there's Chris Bryant, there's a uh, Mookie Betts, Bryant and uh, Betts Lindor. are like another two years away. Like he's like oh there's well, Arenado and Rendon. It's like oh and guess what the Padres can the Padres can uh, shell out some money then they and, can shell out money now. Well I know, but it's like I know it's I almost know. Hmm, it's weird. It's almost like teams don't extend their stars. It's like. A lot of those guys aren't even going to hit free agency. You know why? Because when other teams have good Rendon players, they lock them up. I highly doubt Rendon hits free agency. I think the Nationals are holding back on Harper because they know they don't really need him. And they're more interested because they have an outfield. And they're more interested in getting Rendon signed long term. Yeah, I have a I would funny feeling. Arenado's going to hit it, but it's already been leaked that the Yankees view Arenado as that's our guy. We're going to hang on to Anhar another year because we want Arenado. So we're going to wait on him. 
I'm I've always been a guy that's a, I I kind of like shake my head when people mention the splits and everything. Arenado splits are terrible. They're pretty bad. He's pretty mediocre. Well, not mediocre. He's pedestrian outside of outside. He's of like course. solidly above average, but not great. Put it this way: if I have either Machado or Arenado, I'm taking Machado every single day. Yeah, they're basically the every same player. Day. I mean, you know, to Arenado's credit, all the advanced metrics. Your favorite stat, wins above replacement, OPS plus, weighted runs created plus, all that stuff takes, you know, the splits and, you know, the home and away ballpark. It takes all that in consideration. They're basically the same player. They're an all-star caliber player with MVP ceilings, right? Like, they're five-win players and they could be better. Like, the difference is Machado just turned, just got done with his age 25 season. You signed him to a five-year deal, that's age 26, 27, 28, 29, and 30. You signed Arenado to a five-year deal, and I'm pretty sure he's 28 this year. Right. That's age 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. Brian Kenny has done a million essays on this. Signing free agents to deals longer than five years with the majority uh, of their contract on the wrong side of 30 is a very bad idea. Yeah. It's a very bad idea. And for those guys who are like, oh, well, the long-term deals never work out. A-Rod's long-term deal worked out just fine. Yeah, and a His majority of those long-term deals Canola's don't work deal out because they're on the wrong side of 30. They're on the wrong side of 30. They're on the wrong side of the... A lot of time, they're on the wrong side of the defensive spectrum. Jeter signed a 10-year deal. People forget. Jeter signed like a 10-year, $100 million deal. His deal worked out just fine. Yeah. It works out if you sign them at the right time. These guys, you're not going to... I mean, you might get maybe like Xander Bogarts, but Bogarts has had like one like breakout year. Other than that, he's been, I would like Bogarts. I would too, but you don't know what you're getting. Are you getting the Bogarts you got in 2018? Or is he going to go back to kind of being, you know, not middling, but kind of up and down? Like, you don't know. Machado is a proven commodity. Yeah. He's a proven commodity, and we know right now, at this particular moment in time, he has no market. There is no talks with him on the Phillies whatsoever. The White Sox seems to be the ones more seriously on him. The one team he probably wants to go to, the Yankees... Don't want him, right. and it's come out that they're not going. They're not. I mean, if he falls in their lap, great. But they've made several moves to indicate they have no plans on pursuing him. They've spent basically Machado money on getting Paxton, signing J.A. Happ, re-signing Sabathia, re-signing Gardner, picking up Lemayhu, and getting uh, Troy Tulowitzki. Right. Like all that money is basically money they could have poured into one player, and instead they're pouring it into guys who give them a little bit more flexibility. And it's already come out. They want Arenado. That's they're they're identifying him as a target they want if he hits the market. That's the thing is that you can't sit back and wait because you don't know what next year's market's going to happen. This year was supposed to be an amazing or in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. You don't was, know what the market's going to be. This was supposed to be an amazing market. This was supposed to be like a free agent of ages, like the greatest free agent uh, market of all time. And it's well, been by well, there's any only been two guys. Like there's only been two guys, right? Like Michael Brantley kind of fell off a little bit because he got injured. Andrew McCutcheon is not what he was. Will Myers signed a contract extension, and he hasn't lived up to his one, you know, rookie of the year uh, season. Um, obviously, stuff Harper and Machado, which is great, but you know, it, it's not it's not what it was expected. That's why you can't sit and wait. To, okay, in two years, these guys are getting free agencies. Like Machado's out there right now. He doesn't have much of a market. You're basically competing with the Phillies, who are a losing team, and they're closer than we are, and they have gotten better, but they're a losing team. But there's been nothing on them. The White Sox seem to be the most aggressive. The Dodgers aren't going after Machado. And no other big market team that he would theoretically rather play for, which to me is the Red... I don't know if you play the Red Sox, but the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, those big market guys are not in there. You have the White Sox, the Phillies. Those are the two teams seemingly on Machado right now. Right. And plus, I mean, my thing and, and why I refuse to be like, okay, yeah, well, hey, you know, they're right. There are some really good players. We don't have to put everything into the Machado bucket or the Harper bucket. That my problem is, is like them saying that it's just a bunch of, it's empty promises. That's all they've given us since they've taken over a team. Empty promises. They've been here That's since 2012. Because let me, let me tell you this. After this year, guess what? There's going to be another excuse. After the next year, oh, you know, we would love to spend, but you know, unfortunately, you know, Luis Patino had uh, Tommy John. Oh, God. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Morahone had Tommy John. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, you know, with these pitchers, you know, uh, Paddock broke his left arm, so yeah. he needed to take some time Tatis off. Tatis is a bust. Yeah, you know, yeah. These, these guys didn't work out the way they, that we wanted to, so, you know, we're not going to be able to spend quite yet. There's always going to be an excuse. There's no excuse right now. Yeah. I love that people are giving Padres the business on Twitter. I look absolutely at, love it. I look at, like, a team like the Phillies that was, like, super committed to their rebuild, right? Super committed, and they said, okay, we don't know how good we're going to be this year, but we're going to go out and get Carlos Santana, and we're going to go out and get Jake Arrieta because we feel like they make us better now, and they prime us 
for when we feel like our guys who are Scott Kingery and J.P. Crawford and you know Aaron Nola, who actually was a Cy Young candidate last year. But like when these guys really arrive, like that's going to really put us in a good position because we have these anchors. They arrived almost a year early before they tanked. They didn't sit there and say, oh, whoop, derp, derp, it didn't work. We're just going to trade everybody <laughs> off. They flipped Santana money-wise and got back Gene Segura, who is better now than J.P. Crawford is. So there's an upgrade there. They get to move Reese Hoskins to first base. They went out and signed McCutcheon, which I really like as a very short. He's a he's an above-average left fielder. Like They basically say, yeah, we fell short last year, and they didn't lose that many more games than the 2015 Padres did. Right. They just said, like, you know what, we're going to reload. They still have a good farm system, and we're going to spend some money. I think they're better now than they were last year. Just by doing that, like, whereas the Padres, they're waiting for their, like, the Phillies aren't waiting for their farm system to produce a winner. There's like, we got young guys up now. We're going to use some of his currency to get better players, and we're going to keep trying to bring them up at the same time. Whereas the Padres seem like they're waiting for Tatis, Arias, Mejia, Paddock, Gore, Allen, you know, Patino, and all these guys to basically produce an 85-win team on paper, a projected 85-win team, and then they're going to go spend. And you can't do that. Marver made another really good point on Saturday. If these guys come up, like the Padres right now, with all their 40-man roster stuff, Tatis probably included, are projected to win. The over-under is 77 and a half games. That's their over-under. If you truly believe that, if you truly believe that you're around a 75-win team, you add Machado onto that team, now you're over 500. If things go well, if guys maybe you know produce at a quicker pace or maybe you get a breakout year out of somebody, all of a sudden you add Machado to that and then you get the breakout year or two, and now it's like, Wow, like we're we're in play like we're in wild card contention now. Like we can win eighty five games this year. Like it's the break, and we're we're ten games above five hundred. We're in the first wild card spot. We're only eight games out of first, but we're ahead of the pack everywhere else. Like you're wasting potential development time where these kids could be really good really soon by not adding by waiting to add you burn a year. It's like when they got Hosmer, right? Like you're gonna add Hosmer, but you're burning a year on what's going to be a losing team of his prime. Yeah. He didn't pan out, but nonetheless, like you're burning a year of his prime on a team that is likely to lose. Well plus and, they came out and said that like, yeah, hey Machado would be great, but we don't think we're gonna be good until probably two years into his deal. So we're gonna blow maybe he's fifty million dollars. Twenty eight? Well I know, but they're like, oh then you know that's that's like fifty million dollars that we will have spent on nothing. I'm like, well what about Myers? What about Hosmer? It's I don't get it, dude. The whole thing, it, it's exhausting. My, it's 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 annoying, and it's like, you know, if, if you don't follow him, he's a good follow Padres Farm on Twitter. We had a nice uh, debate <laughs> this morning on Twitter about, like, you know, what did you expect from ownership? Well, I expect them to go through with their promises, and I expect them to keep up the trend of what they have been doing, which this article says elsewise. Now, if they go out, Ben Higgins, our good friend, Mr. Uh, the, the thuggest of thug life, Ben yeah. Higgins. <laughs> He came out and said he has a verified source that he trusts deeply that they're going to make a splash at some point here, and he's getting ready to you know, leak that at some point. But, you know, if they come out and sign Machado, I'm not going to sit here, and, and I told Craig Maddie this, and Craig, I promise you, I will not sit here and say, great job, ownership, because <laughs> I expect them to do what it takes to win, regardless if they're a small market team. You know, the Nationals signed Jason Worth. We can't sign Manny Machado? Yeah. yeah. Like, come Thank on. Thank you. The Diamondbacks went out and traded for Kurt Schilling, and they got Randy Johnson. And this is like 2000 money. You know, we can't go out and get Manny Machado? If they get Machado, absolutely ecstatic, and I'll stop talking shit. But not because I'm happy with ownership, but because they did what they said they were going to do. I wouldn't say a word, and I put this out on Twitter. If they went out and signed a guy like Machado, they would still be well under the Major League average payroll. But I wouldn't care. I would back off of them. Absolutely. Because that's showing effort. And here's the thing. If it's like, oh, yeah, hey, we signed this guy. You know what? That buys them a couple years. Because then, let's say let's say they sit around, and they won't. But let's just say, give them the benefit of the doubt, that they sit around $110 million after signing Machado. Which, again, they won't. That's what they're I'm at in 2015. I'm comfortable sitting there until it's time. We're like, hey, we're really going to make our push now. These guys are coming up, and god dang, man, they're actually really good. Okay, then push it up to 120 or 130. Yeah, you got to get like a... Garrett Cole or something. Yeah. It's been shown over the last 25 years, the pers- the team that won the World Series has paid uh, to a league average payroll or over, or, or under, excuse me, only three of those times have a World Series champion spent at the, the league average ten? or under. In the last 25 years. Oh. In the so last 25 years. You have to get there. You, you have, have to, get to spend that money. league average, yeah. Well, you know, we don't want to spend just to spend. Oh, You're dude. not spending just to- Hosmer was spending just to spend. Clearly now, based on what they're telling us. It's With annoying. the whole, like, we don't want to add a player that's not going to put us over the top. So you added Hosmer for the hell of it, then. Yeah. So, anyways, we're about we're about forty minutes in. So let's I, let's move forward from this, and and I, I kind of want to talk about the uh, the boycott 
Because everyone, because yes, that's what I was referencing Padres Farm to with the boycott. That's so. that's starting to come up. Everyone's talking about, oh hey, hashtag boycott the Padres, and that's starting to become a thing. Which, um, what do you think about the uh, boycotting them? I think it's your right as a fan. If you, you know, we might have a different a different viewpoint. On so that. my idea of boycotting, like. I'm not going to not follow the team. I'm a fan of the Padres. Like, I can't help it. I love we're the Padres. We're all fans yeah. of the Padres. Like, uh, we're all, yeah. But I'm not going to not follow the team that I'm pissed off at ownership. To me, you know, to boycott ownership to me is to, like, I'm not going to give them my money. I haven't paid to go to a game. Outside of your bachelor party, you yeah. know, we went to the park in the park. Like Other than that, like a special occasion, I actually haven't physically handed the Padres money for a ticket since like 2000 and I want to say 2012 or 2013. So you've been boycotting for like it's six so years. Much, it's not so much boycotting. <laughs> it's that I don't feel the team has been good enough to actually like earn my money. I didn't go in 2015. I wanted so to So what you're saying is you've been boycotting before it was cool. Yeah, So you're like the hipster much. boycott. Pretty much, yeah. The hipster boycott. So, but I mean, like I bought I bought Padres gear. Like right. I, I told you before, um, before uh, we went on, like, hey, you know, everything's half off at Petco. I might as well roll down there and, you know, buy a, a, a 98 pinstripe jersey and a hat for half the price that I'd normally pay. I'll drop, you know, 150, 200 bucks on. That's a good deal. But not now. I'm not going to go down there now. Here's here's my thought. I love the theory of it. I love the theory of boycotting the Padres. But when I hear people saying boycott the Padres, the, the way that I'm interpreting it is, hey, we're not going to the games. Yeah, like, exactly. That's the way I'm putting money in your guys' pockets. I'm not going to go to the games. I'm not going to spend money on concessions. I'm not going to do that. But I, I don't really know how effective that is. Because it's the fact that, like, sure, like, there's there's a section of people on Padres Twitter, which I do believe is, is larger than what the Padres want to um, recognize and admit. Like, th- there's, okay, sure, like, there's a lot of us on Padres Twitter that will boycott the Padres. First of all, we're not all going to. Like, no. there's going to be the, the Roy and Angeles of the world who have their season tickets. There's going to be other people that follow the team that have their season tickets, which is fine. Yeah. Like, here's my thing there's gonna be they're gonna have the attendance regardless you're gonna have the out of town teams coming in you're gonna have the conventions you're gonna have all the all the events whatever there's gonna be people that go there so I don't think that boycotting and putting all of your energy into boycotting them by not going to the games I don't think that that's the best strategy it's not a strategy that I'm gonna do because personally I love going to baseball games I, I love too. going to Potter I games love so, I love Petco Park but you have to have your voice heard so there's a couple ways. So the way that I'm choosing to, and I wouldn't even say if that's a boycott. Please but, tell me you're going to wear a paper bag when you go. No, I'm not doing that. You, <laughs> you, you have to find a way to voice your displeasure. So the way that I do it, I choose to have a little bit of a following on Twitter. I choose to shit on them every single time they post anything. Every chance I get to shit on them and make it known I'm not happy to do this podcast, to put it out there that this is not acceptable. That's the way I choose to do it. I'm still going to the games because you know what? I love baseball. I've, I've been a huge baseball fan since I could walk. That was mine and my dad's thing. Every time, as cheesy as it sounds, every time I go to the ballpark, every time I go to Petco and I walk through those turnstiles, he's no longer with us. I feel closer to him when I'm there, okay? I'm not going to stop that because I'm unhappy with the ownership. You know what I mean? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to make my voice heard any chance I can. That's why when we went to FanFest and I had talked about it, I was fully ready to go to their question and answer thing because they've oh. had it in the past where they do Q and A's and they have ownership. Fowler's up there. You have uh, anyone, anyone's up there back in the day. AJ Preller, whoever. I was anyway. ready to go there. I'll make an asshole of myself. I don't care. People need to ask these questions. People need to ask these questions and don't be scared. Oh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I really want the Padres to like me, man. So, you know, at the social summit, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, cause a stink. Do it. You do know it. damn well they invite people to the social summit that they review their tweets. Of course see, they do. To see how how uh, um, if they're, they're not negative let, on the team. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to let me and you in there. No. Which is why I didn't bother. And we'll test that theory next time they do it. I'll give a genuine, hey, I would love to do it. I have a Padre podcast and I love the team. <laughs> Basically, people that, get, people, people that get invited to those things that's the type of response that they give yeah. so i'll give one of those and we'll see if, if uh, i get an invite yeah until they see miserable padre fan crying jordan <laughs> i guarantee i won't yeah no. there's there's you no won't. way just like hd preller won't that, that, they're not gonna bring anybody into that that's openly critical of the team or openly critical of ownership you know there's the rumor was ron feller had knee surgery and that's why he didn't go to the uh, fan fest Bullshit. I'm not bullshit. I don't think it's bullshit that he had knee surgery, but I think that was just an excuse for him not to go there. I think they were protecting Preller, which is another thing. I want to touch on that. Like, they basically threw Preller under the bus with this article. 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't an article release like after, I want to say 2016 or 2017, that basically said like they weren't going to hire Preller. They were going to hire Angels GM uh, Billy Epler. Right. But the reason that they hired Preller was that before he left, he met up with Mike D like on a tarmac or something and basically said like, I can make this team compete now, and if they don't compete, then I can turn it around in a rebuild, and I can I can reload the farm system, and that's why they hired him because they weren't interested in. And hearing... that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and and because if I'm not mistaken, they got frustrated with Josh Burns because he was trying to do both at the same time. He's trying to compete, you know, adding the Seth Smiths of the world and and whatnot, but also trying to build through the farm, which he did an okay job. He drafted Trey Turner, but they were frustrated with that, and they wanted to win now, and that's what got Preller the jobs. I can win now, and if it doesn't work, I have a plan. To turn, to turn over the roster and then get competitive through a rebuild, which is basically what he's done. I feel like them throwing him under the bus is trying to deflect blame like, this is all Preller's fault. It wasn't our <laughs> fault. It was Preller's fault. It's yeah. like, I'm pretty sure we all know that was mandated on him. Like, that's how he got the job, and he wouldn't have gotten it otherwise. Because he's done. He did do that. I mean, they had to eat money to do it, but he has turned the farm system around in a really short amount of time. Yeah. Like, the death we have is obscene. The baseball America's top 100 is going to come out. I wouldn't be. I'd be surprised if the over under on Padres on that list is going to be like six. Yeah, it like, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, so I don't know why they're throwing. It, it's just going back to the article and just like the the feeling in general. It's like they're trying to buy excuses as to why they're not doing what they said they were going to be doing or what their previous actions going into this year would have led you to believe. If you'd have just said, okay, they signed Will Myers to an extension. Oh, okay. They spent a lot of money on international draft picks. Okay, great. They signed Eric Hosmer. Great. What'd they do this year? Uh, nothing. nothing. Garrett Richards. Yeah. Ian Kinsler. <laughs> Ian Kinsler. Esteban Kuros. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, it's like, wait, 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 wait. They, they spent all this money on Myers, right? Yeah. And they spent money on the international signing. Yeah. And they signed Hosmer to a $150 million deal, right? Yeah. But they didn't do anything this year? No. Why? What? Yeah. Yeah. It makes well, no sense. Yeah, it does. And it's just frustrating because as a fan, like, for you, boy, like, I don't have that family member, like, connection with the Padres. So, for me, like, I'm not rich. Like, I don't want to go pay $30 to get a fucking ticket and then either park, you know, in, you know, Hep C land or pay $20 <laughs> for parking. Yeah. Walk to the ballpark, you know, pay the concessions, pay the beer prices, pay the food. Like, I don't want to put any money into their pocket because, to me, that's how, like... That's how my voice is heard. We have different ways to boycott it. However you want to boycott, like that's on you. Like how you want to do it. For me, it's just like I'd love to go to Tatis's game, but if they sign Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, if that's the splash uh, rap star Higgins is talking about, yeah, perfect. I'll be there when Tatis debuts. Absolutely. But if they don't, if like the splash is like Mike Mustakis or Dallas Keuchel, like no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay to watch this team play until they're winning. And if they cost more to play when they're winning. Great, that's worth it because I'm willing to pay for a winning ball club. Like, I don't find it fun to go to the ballpark and spend the money allotted because you can't get in for five bucks anymore. Like, I don't want to go spend 30, 40, 50 bucks on one game, ticket and parking, plus whatever food costs, to go watch a shitty product. It's not worth it to me. That's how I boycott. You boycott by getting, you know, your, your Twitter trolls uh, <laughs> on the Padres and right. shitting all over them. Great. Whatever you feel you need to do. For me, it's not going to the games. Well, I don't like even go anyways, but it wasn't like. A conscious like I'm not gonna spend the money. It's like ah, they're terrible. Maybe I'll catch a game or whatever. But this is like kind of like I don't want. I'm not gonna buy any gear from the team. I'm not gonna go pay for the game. I'm strictly just gonna sit here and watch the game from home until they prove that they're serious about building a championship caliber team or at least trying to build towards that. Because just rank, just going to the farm system. Every team builds on the farm. Like the Reds are trying. Right. Say what you will about their moves. Like the Reds are trying. The Twins are trying. There's team. The Rays signed Charlie Morton. Like. <laughs> And yeah. the Rays are better than we were last year, but it's like, you know, there's teams that are trying, and I just don't feel the Padres are trying. No, they're not. They've but, made no you know, move, like long-term, you know, impactful move, other than making trades. And even last year, the only trade they really got, I mean, he was a great trade, but that's really all they did. Like, they haven't, you haven't heard them, they need starting pitching, and great they got Garrett Richards for 100 innings next year. <laughs> right. But, like, I'm not big on Keiko, and he's not going to make me go, oh, yeah, now I'm taking serious, but, you know... At least I can say, okay, they believe in Keiko enough to give him a three- or four-year deal because they think he can give him 800 innings in that four years. And he does make them better now. Like I That even that. more so goes against their thing, though. Like, yeah, it does, but I don't believe in their thing. I think they came up with their thing on the spot to try to figure out how can we just how can we fan these money. flames? Yeah. How That's can, exactly how it's going. How can we say we're not going to spend money right now and give like a logical excuse? Because it's logical if you don't sign Hosmer or Myers. Right. It's a logical excuse. Because I said the same thing last year. Like, you know, they don't really need to go make a splash right now because you don't know what you have. Like, 
This is why they shouldn't trade any prospects either because they don't really know what you have. Like you only have depth until you don't have it. There's an injury happens. There's you know non-performance. Guys fall off. Guys bust. Like and then the depth is gone. So you can wait and then not trade anybody. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't sign anybody. And then we have been saying since last year like go sign Machado or go sign Harper. Like it just makes sense. If your window really is 2020, 2021, those guys are still going to be 27, 28, 29 years old when you get them. Yeah. I love the idea of boycotting and by not going to the games. I just, I don't want to commit to that because well, I already know I'm going to post go to the, the games. Now, number one. And I'm going to get shit let me, on Let for me it. throw this for so you. So I'm not committing to I that. will go to a game if it's free. If well, I'm, yeah. If I'm not paying, and I don't know why you care because I can't remember the last time you paid to get into a game. Well, probably Lucchese's debut. <laughs> so let me let me put it this way, actually. Uh, a couple of reasons. I'm actually naturally not going to go to as many games next year um, th- as I did in years past. So a couple of reasons. Every time I go to the game for free, my wife's boss has season tickets in Premier Club. He just say, here, yeah. and give them to her. He's not, he didn't renew. You know why? Because it's not worth it. No. So he didn't renew. So I'm not getting those tickets anymore. My new job, I'm getting off at 745 at Oof. night. So I'm not going to go to those games. I'm going to show up and I'm going to get home in probably the second inning and watch from there on out. Um, but like you best believe like the, the games like when Tatis makes his debut, Paddock, these guys, I'm going to be at those games. I bought a ticket for Lucchese's debut. And that's not that's nothing against you know Joey Lucchese, but hey, he had a ten I'm plus strikeout per nine rate last year. But no, I, I I'm going to be saying. there. I'm not going to commit to I not being there. I will be there if I get offered to go. Like if it's like a ticket, like last year you offered a couple times. Hey, do you want to go? Um, our buddy Joe, you know, I went with him to the Urias game, right? Because he had season tickets. Like if the opportunity to go presents itself, where I'm not financially like putting money to go, then yeah, I'll go. Yeah, but I'm not going to go out and buy a ticket. Which I was going to do until this article came out about Tatis because it's like, I'm just so frustrated at the idea like that they're trying to, like they're contradicting themselves and basically saying like, we're not going to spend. And I'm, I'm glad. And I, I just think it's hilarious that you decided on January 21st, <laughs> hey, I was thinking about buying tickets this no, year. No, there was no thing. Or I was going to buy tickets this year. I told you flat out a couple of weeks ago. What were you going to do? You were going to buy a 20-game package. No, 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 hey, no, Hey, I'm no. going to go to three no, games this I, year. I, no, there wasn't even three games, 20-game pass. I was going to buy the five-win pass. Oh, but, good uh, Lord. No, it's like going into this year, before this article came out, I was like, yeah, I might catch some games. Like, I want to see Mejia and Rias play. You know, when Tatis comes up, like, I'd love to watch him play. And then Paddock, obviously, has another debut, Petco debut you can go to. Like, um, you know, Allen or Quantrill or Baez or Morjona, whoever the hell else comes up. Like, there is guys, like, I was legit, like, looking forward to. Like, yeah, I think I'm going to make it out to, like, you know, more games this year than I have probably in the last handful of years combined. Just because all the guys that we've been following the last two or three years, like, since we started this, like, they're finally coming up. Like, finally get to see them play. And then that article came out where they basically, you know, threw cold water on all your hopes and dreams of them actually being, like, an ownership group that's going to go out and try to make things happen while supplementing with this farm system they've been trying to sell us on the last couple of years. And it's just like, why? Like, why am I going to go? So one thing, one thing is really, and we've talked, uh, we've talked ad nauseum about this on, on the podcast and in regards to like ticket pricing and the value of the experience that you get from going to the games. So one thing happened recently, it really opened my eyes as far as how shitty of a value it is for, to go to a Padre game. And, you know, say what you want about this, but the Seals, so San Diego Seals, the lacrosse team in San Diego. I heard they're fun. They're a lot of fun. So here's the, the goals thing. are fun. I got I got tickets uh, to their second game, which was this last uh, Friday. This last Friday, I spent a total of forty bucks on the tickets. So my wife and I went. They had three dollar live two thirty threes. It was a blast. Okay, it's a lot of fun. I know I didn't know anything about lacrosse, and I'll be perfectly honest. When the when the team was coming, it started as a bit. I was like, "Hey, man, hey, yeah, seals," like because it's funny. You know, it's a funny thing to do. I went to that first game. I'm hooked, dude. It's a lot of fun for the value that you pay to go to those games. It's insanely fun. You have cheap beer, which is there's nothing better than cheap beer, as Uncle Ron will tell you, but he won't give it to you. It's. <laughs> He's giving it to us. All I right. see the value in something as simple as a seals game, and what I get out of that, and then comparing of what I would get for, let's say, sixty bucks when you include the three dollar latitude two thirty threes. Let's say I spent a total of sixty bucks at the seals game. If I take the experience I had for sixty dollars at something as simple as a, an NLL lacrosse game, and compare that to what sixty dollars can get me for the Padres. And I'm not even. I understand it's lacrosse. And it's major league baseball. It's I understand. major league lacrosse. I, I I understand that, but it's the fact that you have a major league team, and they're not nearly worth sixty dollars. They're not worth sitting in the very top tank and getting no concessions. They're not worth that. 
It's terrible. They're not. It's not not even close. And honestly, I can't wait to start talking about the actual on-field because this off-season has been terrible. It's been exhausting. worst. It's been absolutely exhausting. And I'm, dude, like, honestly, I'll go back to, like, saying, like, the whole Twitter thing and making my voice heard on Twitter. I'm sick of myself on Twitter, okay? So if you guys are if you guys are, are uh, listening to this and you're like, God, man, they're talking about payroll again, Machado again. Of course they are. And, uh, man, Eric talks about that all the time. That's all he talks about, miserable Padre fan. <laughs> I'm sick of it. <laughs> I'm sick of it. But I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. Because, again, this is the way I choose to make my voice be heard. Yeah, so. exactly. I, I'm never on fucking Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> You've been coming around. Oh, You've yeah. Coming around a little but- more. Not as much as I have, like, this is the most, like, I'm, I basically, I tagged fucking Peter Seidler this morning. <laughs> you just found out today that Seidler's on Twitter. Yeah, I was That's like. That's hilarious. I was like, holy shit. That shows shit. how little you're on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, holy shit, he's never going to read it. He'll probably see the notification and then mute me or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or block me. I haven't checked. But it's like, hey, guy, like, get off your fucking ass and do something. Right. For God's sake, like, I'm so fucking frustrated as a Padre fan. Like, yeah. Still going to follow the team. Still going to watch from the comfort of my own home. I hope that the Still team... Still going to Peoria for spring training, baby. We're not March paying for a game. March 14th to March 17th. We're not paying for a game. Well, I know, but we're still spending money to go out there and we get are. excited by those guys. Yeah, You know? It's more of the experience with you and uh, yeah. you and the buddies there to go out there more than the Padres themselves. But, I mean, that that's fun. But it's like... I just, like... They, they ruined the potential. Like, what, the, releasing this article is just like... Oh, I kind of took the the air out of the room right like they knocked the wind out of you with it because it's like they're basically saying like no we're not going to do anything right now and at this point because of 2015 we're only going to just wait until this team actually gets good and it's like well, what if they bust yeah then what have we been what have we been doing this whole time i don't know man we'll see what if they bust yeah we'll see i'm definitely not busting <laughs> i have blue balls from this offseason for Bust-y. sure so yeah i don't know man um well i mean I don't know when we're going to do a podcast again. Maybe it's a spring training. If you guys, you guys are listening to the podcast right now, if anyone has plans or they're thinking, hey, you know, I want to go out to spring training, I'm not sure when I should go, March 14th to March 17th. So that's going to be a Thursday and then coming back on a Sunday. A lot of people from Padres Twitter are going to be there. So that's the time to go. Danny and I and, and AJ, uh, your cousin, will be on the backfields probably the whole time. I see no value in going to the major league games. You don't want to top training. your 72-mile-an-hour fastball no. faster? No, I've not been working out. I'm not in shape. I'm, I'm not going to top that. So if you guys are listening to this, March 14th to 17th, let us know. Let's let's go watch some games in the back lots. And uh, that's that's about all I got, man. You got anything else? I know you got this movie you're about to go see. No, no. I, I don't have anything. I feel very, very defeated, actually. Yeah, so do I. Well, you should check out a Seals game, man. I highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah, but... or the goals. We went to a goals game the other day, which was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah so Austin fun. Hedges there. Yeah. Yeah, good times. So anyways, make your voice heard one way or another. Whether it's not going to games, whether it's being vocal about it. I think being vocal about it is the best way to go. Clearly Twitter Because works. it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. It makes them uncomfortable. And you know it makes them uncomfortable. Those poor season ticket reps. Yeah. <laughs> one way or another. Say it to them. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure they have to report, oh, hey, why aren't you selling anything? That well, those calls are recorded for quality assurance. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I would love to make some sales, but everyone's telling me once the Padres spend money, that's when I'll spend money. Make your voice heard. One way or another, make your voice heard. We'll see you next time. We're out of here.